Uh, we're going to do things a little bit different. Uh, we've got a few weeks uh, ahead of us and um, these are kind of transitional weeks and if you're new with us and um, um, yeah, it's an exciting time. Um, we really believe that God is doing something new here and, um, and so we uh, have taken a step of faith to, to uh, name that for what it is, uh, to actually... Um, we, we spent some time as a church to, uh, uh, to seek God and see what he's doing and, and recognising that basically what uh, we have going on here is a whole lot of opportunity and a whole lot of people who share values and vision. Um, and so, um, but uh, yet to really form uh, something that is us. And, and so... Um, we, uh, as those who are in leadership spaces, those who've been around um, a while and um, you know, seeking the wisdom and collective kind of input of everyone, um, we have uh, decided to take a step in, in naming who we are uh, and what God is, uh, is leading us to be. And so uh, you, if you're uh, in any way connected via social media or anything like that. Um, if you're not, by the way, I'll give you permission to take out your phone and find us on Facebook. It's uh, a good way to stay up to date or um, you can leave your details on a contact card which um, you'll find in the foyer and we can send out our emails and make sure you stay in touch that way. Um, on November 25th, we will be uh, announcing um, the, the finer details of... Uh, of what God, what we believe God is doing in this place, who we are, who we're called to be, and where we're headed, and so, um, so we're uh, we've got a few weeks in the lead up to that, where uh, we're really seeking to uh, to come together as a community and get to know each other and get on the same page. And one of the ways that we decided to do that, do you want to move um, just forward here a bit, Duncan, and across here, so. Um, that way everyone uh, can see us. Um, yeah, so one of the ways that we've decided to do that is to spend some time letting you all get to know us. I will be sharing a little bit from the Word this morning, um, but uh, in a little bit of a different way. And um, I've also asked Duncan um, to share some of his story. Who calls a church at 10.35 on Sunday morning? Yeah, I'm just running late. I'll be there. I'll... Uh... <laughs> Just wanted to make a massive donation to the church. Oh, good. Uh, if you're new with us, you will get used to Duncan's weird humour. Uh, moving right along. So, 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 uh, so, uh, so over the next five weeks, uh, we'll have different leaders sharing um, a little bit about who they are, and so we'll be doing that this morning. Uh, oh, look, we have two microphones. That Yeah. He's got the power now. Hey. <laughs> I uh, now take no responsibility for the level of damage. Can you just turn me up a little up. bit, bro? <laughs> 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 yeah. I may come to regret this decision. <laughs> no. All right. So um, what I've asked uh, Duncan to do this morning is just share a little bit about um, his, uh, his journey, his um his decision to be in church. Um, one of the things we're doing over the next uh, few weeks, as well as telling you a bit about who we are, is we want to make sure that we're hearing uh, from our community. We want to we be a place that can answer the questions that people are asking. But to do that, or not to answer, actually to make space for people's questions, we believe we can't answer it, but God can. Uh, and so, uh, and that God's word promises that those who seek will find. And so, if we make space for the seeking, people will encounter Jesus. And if we represent who Jesus is, we will create space for the seeking. People want to know why. So, uh, what we'll be asking our leaders to share a little bit from is, what is it that brought you into a church for, or what is it if maybe maybe you were born into church and or your parents you know it wasn't really your decision but why are you still here <laughs> um and that I don't mean that in a like why are you here I mean that as in 
seriously, we all have a choice to get up and come along on a Sunday morning and the reality is those that we want to reach all have a choice as to what to do with their, um, and most of them are not considering church at all. So how, uh, how do we recognise and answer the questions that are being asked in a way that, um, that invites people into this space? And one of the ways we can learn to do that is by figuring out what it was that led all of us to be here in the first place. Um, so I've asked Duncan to share a bit about that. Just something light and breezy, eh? Man, do you want me to start? Hey. Um, so basically, um, uh, where do we begin? I, um, I'm, I love sport. I'm an outdoors kind of person. And one of those things that I loved doing was surfing. I lived two streets over from the beach. And I used to surf sometimes before school and sometimes after school. My brother and I used to run down every day, whether it was small, big, sideways, whatever. We were in the water. And um, one of my best friends, um, same thing, we were spending all this time together. And um, had a good group of friends that were really, um, the place where I used to surf is called North Beach. And there's a lot of um, North Beach pride. There's a lot of older boys there that I used to look up to, that used to... Um, steal my bicycle, eat my sandwiches, but I couldn't do anything because they were the guys that I looked up to. And, and uh, anyway, so that was what was going on in my life. Um, I um, just, that was, that was all I really cared about. Um, at the same time, like I was getting to that age of finishing school, um, didn't really know what I was going to do. And my friend started going and hanging out with another group of guys. And then I found out that he was actually going to church. And I, was, I remember saying to him, actually, I went, we went up the North Coast surf trip and I woke up in the morning, I woke him in his tent and I opened his tent and he was reading the Bible and I can see it clearly in my memory now. And I was like, what are you, what are you doing? I think that's what I said to him. I said, what are you doing? And uh, he said, no, I'll, I'll be out in a minute, you know, like that. And um, anyway, I started to see my best friend change quite a, quite a lot and uh, in the things that we're doing. Um, and he started hanging out with this other group of guys. Uh, Sun Surf is a Christian uh, surf group. Uh, I think Christian surfers is what we have over here. And um, I was kind of a little bit disappointed that I was losing my best mate. And, uh, but I did get to meet some of these guys. And slowly I started to see the friendship that he had with them um, our friendship was getting stronger and I started hanging out with these Christian surfers more and more. I was really welcomed in. Uh, I felt that I could really um, trust these guys. Whereas the guy, my friends, I had a, I had a lot of friends before, like, but um, it was kind of cutthroat. It was kind of, we were trying to one-up each other all the time. It wasn't, um, apart from my friend Izan, like, my other friends are kind of, I don't know, yeah, it's hard to explain. I don't know, if you've got friends like that, that where you don't really have that closeness where you could trust them. Anyway, I, I really trusted this friend, and then I was starting to trust these other group of friends as well. And uh, I remember I, um, I got dropped off out of church because we were going surfing the next morning. I didn't really want to go to church, so I just waited out the back for them to come out. And uh, man, this church was pumping. Smaller church than this, but uh, two two rows. So many people. People were sitting in the aisles, and then people were standing outside. They had those windows that are like they're halfway across, and they they flip. And there's people standing outside the church, looking into the church, watching church. But I've no, nah, I ain't getting close to that. I'm sitting out the back, like. Hopefully no one talks to me, no one sees me, but this guy, Steve Gray, who's doing amazing stuff now um, and was doing amazing stuff back then, he was running this, um, it was a Bible group at his house. Steve comes out and he's like, man, what are you doing here? And uh, I was like, damn it, he's seen me. And um, we get talking and I start talking about stuff that I've never talked about before. But just as his questions and... Um, I don't know about you, but like before that, I was really, um, I used to lie on my bed at night and just wonder what this life is all about. 
you kind of get into that age where you're thinking about what you're going to do for the rest of your life. You're kind of, yeah, not sure. Um, I was thinking, man, I'm this little dude in on North Beach in Durban in Africa on the planet in the world in the universe. What is that like? What does it all mean? Do I just? And I was kind of thinking, so what's the go? Get a good job, maybe get married, have kids, work hard, retire, die. Is that it? Like, I don't know if, yeah. But that's what I used to, th- that's what I was thinking. And Steve was answering these questions that I had that were like, <laughs> they were really like, uh, yeah, it was just really challenging thinking. I hadn't thought like that before. And he asked me if I wanted to say this magic prayer. The sinner's prayer. And you know what? Like, everything inside of me was just like, man, I do not want to say this prayer. Like, but everything inside of me was saying, man, I, ne- I need that. I started to hear about this Jesus who um, was different to the, the God that sends down the fire and zaps you if you're not good. I was kind of hearing this story, like, of the prodigal son and that God loved everyone. And I was thinking, man, this is, how did I not... Growing up in South Africa, we sing the Lord's Prayer. We say the Lord's Prayer. We sing hymns. We, we didn't know nothing about who Jesus actually was. And this guy's telling me who Jesus was. Um, and it was really attractive to me. I ended up saying the prayer that night. And um, God really touched me. I felt like this massive um, uh, like hunger to know God straight away like instantly i was like half crying didn't want to cry because my friends are around but i knew that i needed a bible i said to see i said man i need to read the bible and he said man we'll get you a bible just relax that night i went home and i come home my mom and dad must have thought i was a fruitcake i come home my mom was super excited i said mom this jesus thing is you know like real and she's she's happy my dad my stepdad Les, this, this Jesus thing is real. And he's thinking, mate, you are on crack. Yeah. <laughs> he would have thought, like, he would have thought, what's happened to this kid? Like, um, yeah. <laughs> so embarrassing. I think back now, I was like, oh, I could have done that better. And um, come in, guys. Come in. And, um, yeah, I just felt like a massive excitement about my life. You know, like, it was really from being really, like, I wonder what this life holds to being really excited about life. And um, uh, over time, I got to hang out with these guys more and more. I led my brother to the Lord, which is like probably one of the, the, yeah, the best things I've ever done. And uh, our friendship got even closer, me and my brother. Uh, in the end, we emigrated to... Am I going too far? Is this... Keep going? Keep going? Come over to Australia... And I think my dad probably thought, oh, thank goodness, we break away from these Christian fruitcakes. He's going to, he'll come, he'll come, he'll come to his senses. Came to Australia and we met the loveliest um, South African family and their boys were our age and they took us under their wing and really looked after my family and they ran a church, they still run a church in Fremantle. And man, I, my, I just became in, in love with the church, in love with God more and more. Um... And then I got married, had kids, and I had no time for anything. So thanks for listening. (laughs) So you mentioned a couple of things. Um, One that, uh, so you you had questions, and um, and that. Yeah, I don't know why you're asking me questions. You did all the study. You answer the. They ask the questions. You answer them. I'm not able to. So Steve, Steve said, you said Steve answered some of your questions, but uh, you also said that it, like, so it got you thinking. So, um, yeah, I'm still thinking. <laughs> that's a good thing. Uh, and, um, and also, I guess, what would, um, when you started going to church, even when you got over here, what, uh, what made you want to keep going? What made you go back? Like in a few words, if that's... That's possible. Yeah. I was going to say that, but then I did. But then I did. Um, Yeah, I think that same uh, belonging. I've really felt that a part of something. Um, Especially when you come to a new country, you don't have that. I had no, no friends. Um, Yeah, a real sense of belonging. That I was really well looked after. I think if you can look back, that family, Steve's family, actually really looked after me. 
Don's pudding. That's what we had every Friday night. His mom used to make this dessert for all the guys that went to his um, connect group. Um, and then again, the, the mayors, they really made me feel like a part of their family. Um, so more than answering just the questions, like I just felt this is a good place to be. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm a pretty simple guy. I mean, like, I think our God is both simple and <laughs> extremely <laughs> complicated as well. Like, I think, um, I, I think I've probably been a bit, uh, not naughty, but I kind of like to keep things simple. <laughs> and uh, God has really spoken to me in real simple ways. Like, and that, yeah, that was good. That was, yeah. Yeah, I guess, um, interesting, so to land there is uh, a, few, a few of the conversations I've had recently is um, around that idea of if, um, you know, if we need to seek understanding and wisdom and that's, um, you know, when we're talking about um, the questions and how to make space for questions and seeking how to interpret the word and, and, uh, to, um, and seeking how to... Um, grow in a, a deeper faith that um, sometimes you can get to a point where you wonder is this accessible to anyone or do you have to have some you know um, you know some special kind of set of like skills or abilities or, or education or whatever to actually get to know God and um, I think the incredible thing about Jesus is that when the disciples kind of got to that kind of thinking and started asking questions at that kind of level, that's when Jesus did give an answer, but it was like the most simple answer you could ever imagine. Like, which is the greatest of the commandments? You know, that's, that's not just a, okay, what do we do instruction question. That is like... That's a doctrinal question. That is what is the most important. Tell us how to follow the rules correctly, how to interpret this correctly. And then Jesus says, love God and love your neighbor as yourself. It's like when, when he could have said, look, I'll give you the key. Here's, you know, here's the really important three things you need to follow. You know, like... Totally could have given us all those things, but didn't. Said, what's important is so simple that anyone can understand it. It's like to seek to know God is, and, and to, to put seeking first the kingdom, put that first, is so simple that anyone can do it, even though there are... Um, and I think the difference is when you have questions, there's depth to seek, but... Um, but when you need the simplicity of what and who Jesus is, it's there and accessible to anyone. It's like, um, so we don't need to fear the questions, we don't need to fear the seeking, but we also don't need... Uh, it doesn't have to be a complicated endeavour and it doesn't uh, exclude anyone because that's, that is there. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think... Um Sometimes, like for me, especially with having kids, you want to know what's the right thing to do here. What you know? And I think as humans, we really like to draw lines and have rules. And but the more and more I go on, the more I'm realizing the less I know. And um, but it is comforting to know that when you hold to those simple, overarching. Yeah, I, I, it's a, it is a. It's, I feel comfortable in that to. I know that each situation is different, um, presents a different, um, some of them can be very challenging, like, um, and that's when I get tired of stepping. And <laughs> it's when I get the Bible to step in. Um, I'll, I'll share the, um, the scripture that um, I'll be speaking out of this morning. So now I appeal to you, brother, oh, we're in, um, sorry, 1 Corinthians 1 uh, and from verse 10. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you be in agreement, there be no division among you, uh, that you be united with the same mind and the same purpose. I'm going to come back to that, but um, same mind and same purpose and be in agreement 
I think sometimes we think that we all need to think everything the same to do that. Uh, but I think that's what's important about how Jesus answered those questions. So where Jesus chose to answer the questions directly is where I think we need to be in agreement. It's like that's, uh, those things that he said, uh, which is the greatest, like to love God and love your neighbor as, uh, as yourself, that we need to be in agreement in. Um, then, because then it says, and I'm going to, um, I'll explain, that there are other things in our conversation that we can uh, be divided by that if we allow those things to become primary or if we, if we decide that we have to agree on everything by the very nature of deciding that we're right about something and everyone must agree with what we're right about, then we actually disregard the first instruction to love God and love others um, as you love yourself. It's like, so we have to hold it all kind of together in, um, in a way that helps us to find. So um, it says, for it has been reported to me uh, by people that there are quarrels among you, my brothers and sisters. What I mean is that each of you say, I belong to Paul or I belong to Apollos. This isn't about um, friendly affiliation or like allegiance. This is about whose teachings they belong to. When you become a disciple, you would then adhere to the teaching of that rabbi. Um, and so uh, I belong to Paul, I belong to Apollos or I belong to Cephas uh, or I belong to Christ. Has Christ been divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I was baptized. Uh, I baptized none of you except Crispus and uh, Gaius. So thank uh, that no one can say that you were baptized in my name. Uh, for Christ did not send me to baptize, but to proclaim the gospel, not with eloquent, eloquent wisdom, so that the cross might appear. Uh, the cross of Christ might not be emptied of its power. So what Paul is saying is not that we shouldn't baptize people, or we shouldn't speak. What Paul is saying is that he wants people to look to Christ. And if we look to Jesus for the answers, then we can find the places where we need to land in unity by learning what Jesus has said. Uh, so, for Christ did not send uh, me to baptize, but to proclaim the gospel, the good news. What we need to be united for or by is that call to proclaim good news. So we can all be united in one mind, one heart, if, we, uh, if our mission is to proclaim good news, is to share the gospel. Uh, for the message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those of us who are being saved, it is the power of God. I used to think that this uh, was the message about salvation, you know, as in, uh, well, like, I mean, it is kind of, uh, as in believing in Jesus was foolishness. Um, and... As from, you know, a, a perspective 2,000 years later, it seems like you could put it in that context, like to believe that there was, you know, um, a, a man who was actually the son of God who laid down it, like that seems like foolishness and, and still, uh, you know, I, I think there's truth in that. But what Paul's not referring to is not actually just simply believing in Jesus is foolishness because they're actually not that far removed. You're um, from, uh, you know, when people could testify to the fact that Jesus had died and been resurrected. It wasn't, what was foolishness was that they would believe in a Messiah that had humbled himself and laid down his life on a cross. What was foolishness is that a king would be a servant of all. What was foolishness is that God would be made man and suffer all the things that he did for the sake of humanity. That is foolishness. So it's not just to believe in or believe about him, but actually to know and to accept that this is the picture of God that we're given what Hebrews chapter 1 says is this is the fullness of the revelation of God. That is foolishness. But that 
is the Jesus that we follow and that is the message, that is the good news, that is what we need to be united by in understanding and knowing. Um, So it says, For since in the wisdom of God the world did not know God through wisdom, God decided through the foolishness of our proclamation to save those who believe. The Jews demand signs and the Greeks desire wisdom. Both of those things are ways, by the way, it's not, um, ha, you know, have, it's just different ways that, that um, groups of people would try to put a framework of understanding around who God was and what, you know, what was the truth. Um, so, you know, signs and wonders would prove some you know, something about God. Wisdom would prove, you know, philosophically, we know there's that whole, you know, there's um, the philosophy, uh, it's a seeking of truth to prove that something is, um, you know, uh, the whole argument is around trying to make, you know, but what we're told is that neither of those things can actually prove anything outside of who God is. Uh, only um, Christ crucified, only the revelation of who God is through Jesus can actually... Um, and then it, it says, uh, but, um, but to those who are called, as in those who respond, because we know that God calls all of us, and there's, you know, verses that we can go to to show that like every one of us is created in the image of God is called by his name he you know loves and um and seeks that all would be saved and reconciled to him we know that so but to those who called as in those who respond both Jews and Greeks Christ is the power of God that is foolishness in itself a king not really a king you know born into poverty and circumstances that made him an outsider in, uh, you know, in a society that was already an outsider in the world, you know, um, that a king that rode in on a donkey, that laid down his life, that served washed feet, this king, the power of God. This is the power of God that we as his church are supposed to operate in. See, we still want the power of God to look like the power of the world. But the power of God and the wisdom of God. For God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. So what we... Yeah, oh, do you want to oh, say something to that? In your dealings yeah. with people. Like, I don't know, um, for me, when... We start talking about the things of God, like I was telling you about my, my boss. Um, there's something in me that I I want to be smarter or win the argument. I don't know, have you ever had that to prove that my God is the one? Or and I'm slowly learning that that's not uh, that's not God's way. And um, I think in the way that we talk, I've seen people that are a lot smarter than I am who can argue God's point of view a lot better than I can. But you know what I have seen as well, the person that they the answering the question to has probably become more repulsed and that we're going to have disagreements about who God is or what's right, what's not right and um, yeah, overarching God loves you and we should love each other and when you respect I've seen, on the other hand, I've seen people that are also very smart and that's, that's probably why they have a big platform but I love the way that they respect the questioner and they love the questioner, and they go away from that, although they might not won the argument, or I don't know what there's something about us that we like to win. We like to be... Um, I think sometimes we think that God needs to be defended. Yeah, that's true, and we should be probably a little bit more uh, less insecure that yeah. our God is able to defend himself. Yeah. 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 Um, when we realize that God uh, doesn't need us to... to defend him when we realize like our faith actually can uh, find uh, its foundation its security in who he is uh, then there's space to hear and uh, to 
um, to listen to other people's point of view and, and to help them um, to hear your point of view in a respectful, you know, like that, that opens up conversation as opposed to closing it. And, um, and so uh, it's not to say um, that you never like are sharing what um, you think or, but it's, it's about it being conversational as opposed to like directive. And um, the reason I guess we're opening up this kind of thing is um, as a church that wants to become a place where people can seek and ask questions, a place of safety for those that are seeking that maybe, um, you know, felt like their questions weren't answered or gave up searching altogether because they were, um, you know, were told that something that they, um, uh, you know, couldn't reconcile made them, you know, unacceptable to the church or God, or all sorts of reasons why people have given up on church um, or never tried it in the first place because of the way sometimes um, the, you know, church or God has been represented in the world. And so um, we want to make a space in this place for those questions and that means uh, for all of us that's something we need to, while we need to value um, the seeking and, and value the wisdom and actually grow in our own understanding, developing the tools to be able to hold, have those conversations. Um, we need to be, uh, you know, diligent with all the resources that we have at hand. Like, what is it that, you know, um, uh, that you're uh, good at putting that to good work in, um, in making space, you know, but not valuing any of those things above that ultimate simple like Jesus command of love God and love others seek first the kingdom to value um, you know every person above any argument to know to and to um, to be obedient to the call to unity and that doesn't mean uniformity. It actually means recognizing difference and making space for that. Um, knowing that, you know, there is uh, only one truth and that is Jesus. Like that is, um, that is the foundation but not the way to get to, if you know. Does that make sense? It's like we, we know that... Um, oh, Duncan and I were having a conversation last night kind of about these things and, you know, if, if it's um, like sometimes to allow questions or to feel like you're questioning things can feel like you're um, saying, well, then is not Jesus the only way? That's not we... It's like to allow questions actually to identify... Um, one of the things I really love in the um, story of Acts where the apostles are sent out, it's, um, they're instructed to go into um, the town where they're going to reach people. And uh, it says, find a person of peace. And sometimes we imagine that means go find a Christian or someone who already knows, but put it in context and recognize that in this time there were no Christians yet in those places that had not been, you know, exposed to the gospel in any conversation. But what it meant was find, so if you, that word peace, find a person of shalom, of, um, you know, like that kind of holistic, like find a person who carries something that looks like the kingdom, stay in their house, teach them about Jesus, and then they will help. Um, that's the, literally the instruction um, given to the uh, apostles as they went out. So I think the, the the other way that I used to think was to be of the world, but not uh, to be in the world, but not of the world. You've got to be careful. Those people are outside. Don't don't have anything to do with them. They might upset your thinking. You might be Corrupted you might backslide. You know what I mean? That was like a real fear that you know, like just be careful who you're mixing with out there. You know, and. Um, it's funny you said making space because my friend Steve, the guy who led me to the Lord, I thought of anyone that he would be, he'd be a mega preacher. Like he was gifted in such ways that I thought that that would be the way to go. If you look up on Instagram, it's maker space, M-A-K-E-R, maker space. He runs workshops where they make stuff. And he has 
school kids. Like, it's an incredible, like... Kind of what Karen's doing. Bro- yeah, uh, yeah. Very, it'd be the same. And um, incredible thing that he's doing there. And um, often um, he'd have people that are not believers coming in and they're not challenging his thinking. He's secure in, in who, you know, who he is and who... The creativity yeah. is something that you can identify that's something of the kingdom... Yeah. And actually say, speak to what looks like Jesus in that space. So it's, it's not about saying Jesus isn't the way. It's actually about saying, helping people recognize what is in them that already is leading them to like, it's, um, I, I, I find the like hardline activist kind of space, the easiest place to talk to people about Jesus. Like, like I'm talking, you know, like protest lines and, and like Greens party rallies. Who People like who are standing are up <laughs> for justice or, or seeking something of like, you know, like the yeah. good of humanity or whatever. And to go, yes, because that looks like Jesus. That, and to, it's like that, um, it's that concept of go find a person of peace or find something in, in that um, conversation that looks like the kingdom, teach them about who Jesus is and they'll recognize. So um, I, I guess I'll tell you a little bit about my story. Um, I walked into a church the first time at about 16 and um, maybe, maybe a little bit younger. I'd been in and out of a couple of events and stuff like that. And, um, and so I had uh, a pretty, I don't know, um, traumatic background. Um, uh, I'm quite glad, actually, that the kids are not in, um, like my kids, not in the service. So I can, um, but so I had, uh, I'd grown up um, with uh, my first for first few years of my life with an aunt um, because of my uh, my mum had uh, a whole lot of stuff going on for her, and so my aunt and my uh, my nan had been my primary kind of care givers for a couple of um, years in as a young person and then my uh, mum sort of got, uh, you know, got back on track and wanted me to, you know, be completely in her care again and so, um, so they decided to move away from, um, from the family and things that I'd known really as, as my family to that point and, uh, and so I remember um, as, a, as a child sort of leaving New Zealand and coming to Australia after my mum had remarried um, I mean, there are some, as much as there's a lot of, I guess, trauma in my story, there are some, um, there are some things that I think um, helped me to recognise who God was in my um, in that me? My you youth. met this oh, amazing yeah, was, man yeah. of God. It just <laughs> a little further down the track. But um, no, as, uh, as when my mum remarried, I was uh, adopted by my stepdad. So he saw, um, you know, to actually have... Um, uh, like so, my birth certificate actually has his name on it. Um, you know all of that. So it's um, as in uh, yeah. So he's listed as my um, uh, my parent now, and um, and that like as a you know when I did come to faith was something that really witnessed to me who um, you know who God was in that ability to accept you know um, and to welcome in you know. Um, yeah, but I also had uh, our family had its difficulties. My mum has had a share of uh, trauma in her past and has um, had mental health issues most of her life. And uh, and my dad um, uh, is uh, you know partial to the um, odd case of beer or two a day, and so um, <laughs> uh, it's you know an interesting environment to grow up in where uh, drugs are not something that are abnormal but rather something that you're taught are for adults so you know at all of nine and ten seems like a um, fairly reasonable thing to uh, to attempt to uh, steal you know um, or borrow things from your 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 parents uh, parties the night before and all sorts of stuff like that and uh, so by the time I was in year eight, which was the first year of high school, I'd already been arrested twice at school for um, uh, for not selling drugs because I wasn't really enterprising enough, but it, at least encouraging others to do it at school. 
um, got myself in a reasonable amount of trouble, but uh, the school, I, I got a little bit of grace because I was, I was there on an um, academic scholarship program. So um, they kind of tried to, <laughs> to get me to, um, to participate in various ways. And um, I, I did all right. I kind of just scraped by most of my schooling. I don't think I really went for the second year of high school at all. Um, but I took up skateboarding and um, uh, ended up finding my way to a, a skate park in Wanneroo that was um, was open on Sundays, but only to those because trading laws meant it couldn't be open to the public. So it was open to those who went to church. Uh, so they let all the all the skaters come, but they had to come to church first. Uh, so I managed to sit through quite a few um, quite quite a few. Uh, Sunday services without listening um, a lot of times not in the best frame of mind and uh, being a Sunday morning um, but there were things there that started to speak to what I knew that I needed in my life what I was seeking even things that um, you know so uh, things like music and creativity were something that I had uh, had always found an outlet in um, as a younger person. Um, uh, things like, um, you know, even social belonging and interaction. Uh, there's, uh, I mean, I went and studied social science and learnt all the ways I was broken by the time I was finished my degree. Um, but, you know, sort of taking a child at that kind of age away from the people who they have all the... Um, all their uh, connection to and all of that sort of thing uh, meant I had uh, real trouble connecting with people and trusting people um, and like God knows why um, only that uh, I would somehow end up being a pastor um, and it just affirmed most of my fears, <laughs> not really. Um, so I, I just, I had got to a point where um, I knew what I needed but no ability to make bridges into people's worlds and connect with people and so um, it was only through church and people who would be willing to pick me up even though I'd probably been a rat bag the week before and given them grief or you know turned up you know under the influence of something or other and um, you know mustn't have been great as uh, a youth leader to try and deal with uh, someone like me uh, and so um, but their patience was enough to give me space and uh, I've seen it time and time again with kids here um, through Ulta One. Um, you know, it, it might take them years, literally, before uh, they've had the space to work through some of the things. That I saw um, Chucky the other night. Remember Chucky from Ulta One? A kid that was in our program maybe... Oh, how long was it? Yeah, it been a, lot a of long years ago, time ago, yeah. hey? Maybe 10 years ago? Mm -hmm. Initially, I didn't recognize him straight away to me. Duncan, how you going, man? Whoa. Um, yeah, good, man. How you... You ever have that? Tonight? Like, yeah. trying to figure out Who what that guy's you? name is? And I was like, God, oh, Chucky. And, um, yeah, man, the ultimate one days, man. Like, I said, yeah, man, it's still going. It's going good. He said, you should drop in. He said, man, I think about that place all the time. Like, this is 10 years later. All the time, man. Those are some good times, you know. Like, and I was like, wow. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty incredible, eh? We've seen kids come along for yeah a long time before they um, they connect in or even start to ask the questions or face the questions that they're asking. Um, and so for me, that was my reality. It was a long time, and I think if it wasn't for a skate park every Sunday, um, I, I don't know how I would have been in church long enough. But then it wasn't just skate park; it was the youth leaders that started getting me to go to home groups and um, and come along to youth programs and stuff like that and so um, it, enough given enough time um, I started to see that there was hope and there was some sort of way that um, I, I didn't respond to an altar call out of a fear of you know like um, what was happening uh, you know after death I responded to an altar call for salvation because I was already there. Like, I, I, I needed to be saved from the hell I was in, not 
um, you know, it had nothing much. I, I wasn't wondering about what happened after you die. I, like a lot of times, I wasn't. I was probably, um, you know, to the point where often I wouldn't. That would have seemed like a an attractive option, you know. So, um, so that was that was my encountering God moment. But it wasn't the message that was preached. It was the people that had carried the message. It was the community that witnessed to who Jesus was. It was seeing the hope that people had, hearing their stories, knowing they'd been in places like mine or different, but in the same kind of, you know, like um, suffering for different reasons or whatever, and just knowing that they'd found hope gave me hope and, um, and that they could, uh, you know, be seeing people welcomed into community that otherwise just wouldn't be connected. And, and so um, I saw Jesus. We might not have... And maybe there was some preaching and uh, I probably heard some Bible that spoke to who he was, but really it was what I saw um, that led me. Um, and so I made a decision then. Um, and... I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. I just know that uh, that I needed what uh, what was I was being invited into. Um, the rest kind of came later. I didn't have to have it all, you know, correctly laid out. And I think that's the beauty of finding faith in Jesus, that it can be as simple as uh, if we respond like a child, like just knowing I want to be a part of that. Um, and so that's why, um, you know, for the last 15 years, I've given my life to making spaces for those that would otherwise not have hope anywhere, whether it be in youth ministry or in high school programs or now looking, you know, at church and asking how we can make a space for those who would otherwise not, um, you know, or, or would feel like they wouldn't be able to ask the questions or, or seek. So you're telling me that you haven't said the magic prayer? Yeah, or probably like 45 times. Like, I'm pretty sure, I, like, um, by the way, I don't actually think but that there's Isn't it funny a magic that, like, prayer. We, the way a, that we, we get saved is the way that everyone has to get saved. Yeah. Like, I think, thank goodness. Everyone thinks that, yeah, what... what worked for them and I think that's what's important about com conversation and community because what what may led Duncan to connect will be different to what led me to connect um, and we actually grow in our understanding of God by hearing how others encounter and experience God um, we'll all experience God so differently because of who we are um, that we actually can't know um, God without connecting with others not like you know um, we only know God in our image if we don't expand our conversation so mm. do you have anything to add to that yeah. uh, light and breezy I thought you were gonna <laughs> Duncan like we like doing story time with Duncan so um, so yeah I the um, I guess what I wanted to share the most to, um, today is that, like, I think we're um, we're both here and and 100% um, committed to this because someone made space for us. Um, you know, it's because um, because of what Jesus did and that he, you know, um, made a way for that to be possible. Uh, but because uh, of what Jesus did, that we can be a church that can invite people in and make space where people can seek. Um, I, uh, if I am dogmatic about anything, it would only be that, um, that everyone needs to be able to find space where they feel safe to ask the questions or to be real about what it is that's going on for them. So that conversations can be had to, um, you know, to recognise what has gone wrong. No, um, you know, where we've, we've got generations of walls built up, um, you know, that div divide us from each other, let alone from God. And, and the only way to break those down is through trust and talking through those things or finding, you know, um, 
places where there can be prayer and healing and the Holy Spirit can bring... It's like all of that requires community at so um, such a foundational like, level that we can't see what God wants for the world until church would uh, actually look like um, a space where everyone can come and find and encounter Jesus. So, um, so yeah, we're 100% about that. And there are so many things that are valuable and important in that process, you know, um, and we're going to talk a little bit about all of those things in coming weeks, you know. Um, we, uh, everything from creating worship spaces where people can actually encounter the presence of God, so important. That was one of the things that really opened, see, that softened my, you know, to experience God in a way where, like it opens up conversations that might not otherwise be able to be had. It's like um, we, we need to value prayer and discernment and the Holy Spirit in a way that is going to you know, um, invi- bring wisdom or, or the right answers or the right word or the right encouragement to people. Um, you know, it's, we need to study and know the word and like, rightly dissecting the word of truth or like, is in rightly breaking it up so that people can get a hold of it, all of that sort of thing. Um, it's not to say any of those things don't matter, but rather to say that first um, we need to be able to invite, welcome, love, um, and to seek first the kingdom. Um, it's why we have done and will um, continue to share communion weekly uh, because that, um, and I guess I can probably invite the band to come up because we'll, um, we'll do that in a moment. Or is sharing communion, it's every week coming back uh, to the place where we recognise our own need for forgiveness, that Jesus, by his grace, has made a way. And because we're forgiven, because we're welcomed in, that we, uh, we need to be forgivers, that we need to, uh, we need to be making space for others at the table. It's like the, fact, the very fact that we're there teaches us that we need to make space for others. Um, and so um, that's why coming back to that almost like um, after e- every conversation, every, um, every message... Uh, puts that back in its rightful places um, as the foundation of what we do. Yeah. You want to add anything to that? Yeah? I'll move these. So if you um, maybe take a moment I know we're talking about our stories, but I'm conscious of the fact that every person here has a story. You have a reason why you maybe walked into a church, a reason why you sat even though there was hurt, a reason why you came back after a situation, a reason why you're here at this church. There's a reason why... You're seeking today. Maybe you haven't made a decision to follow Jesus, but you turned up this morning looking for something. God is a God that is bigger than our questions, is greater than our disagreements. is deeper than the deepest level of understanding or wisdom that we can seek and yet more accessible than any one of us could reflect in the way that we welcome others. He welcomes us so much that he would lay down his life for us. And so when we're invited to participate in that and asked 
to take up our cross and follow him, walking in the power of God that looks like love, looks like humility, service, compassion, mercy, grace. We don't have to meet any requirement or be anything except willing because he is enough. We might not be able to do it in our own strength, but I take the Bible seriously and I believe that together as the people of God that we can actually begin to reflect who he is in the world in a way that will lead people to seek him. Do you believe what God has promised? That his bride, the church, would be perfected? That restoration would come to the world? That God wants to seek and save the lost? And that he can do it all through something as foolish as individuals like us, imperfect as we are. See, God chose the foolish things to confound the wise. I love that verse. I so often feel like the foolish things. Like I know sometimes because I have a natural ability towards academic stuff people assume that it's easy but I didn't do well in school I didn't even go for half of my schooling I didn't grow up in church I didn't know the Bible I learnt half of what I knew teaching creche kids Bible stories was my introduction to faith at about 17 And so my entire Christian life, I felt behind the eight ball. Everyone knew everything and sort of assumed all of this stuff. And I always felt like I didn't understand enough. I didn't know what was going on. But when I read or read things like, God chooses the foolish things to confound the wise. God takes the things that look weak to do great things. It gives me hope that God could do something with my life as broken and messy and inadequate, behind the eight ball, whatever I felt like in my life. Not because of who I am, but because of who he is. That God could take this little church in the corner of the world and he could do something not because of who we are, but because of who he is. So as you come this morning, and we recognize together the body of Christ broken for us, so that we could be put back together, those broken pieces gathered and made whole, 
we as the church are the putting back together of the broken pieces and sometimes we just still feel like a broken piece. Part of the beauty of community is that even if you feel like that this morning, if we do our job right, you're still part of something made whole. I believe God wants to bring restoration to individual areas of our life. But sometimes we're just walking through something. So we walk alongside each other, hold each other up, carry each other through, bring provision where there's lack, bring need where there's excess. God in his wisdom, right? And when we come around the table recognising his blood poured out for us, we recognise it's not in our strength, but it's because of the work of the Holy Spirit in us that we can do that. It's not because we can become anything in our own strength or fix it all. Or, or It's not about what we can do, it's what, about what he does in us. His grace and His mercy makes that possible. Relationship with Him makes that possible. Can I ask the ushers who will be sharing to come and... uh, Would you stand this morning, church? Just as we prepare, close your eyes for a moment and consider. Do you need to make a decision this morning to follow him? Do you need to make a decision to put aside differences? and choose unity? Do you need to make a decision this morning? That it's not in our strength, it's not doing what we do, but it's in who he is. Lord, we confess this morning that we know we don't always get it right. We hardly know what right is sometimes, but we know that you are the truth, that you are the way, that you are the one that brings life, that you are the one that we need to seek, God. And we ask this morning that you'd forgive us for thinking that we are the way or our way is the way. Show us your way. Show us your heart. Church, this is the table, not of the church, but of the Lord. It is made ready for those who love God and want to, those who want to love God more. So come, you who have much faith and you who have a little. You who have been here often and you who have just come for the first time. You who have tried to follow Jesus, you who have failed in following Jesus and you who have just decided to follow Jesus today, come. Let nothing keep you from love's feast. Let nothing empty this table of its power. Leave judgment behind and receive mercy. Leave indifference behind and recognize God's family. Leave now if necessary. Go and be a forgiver and run back. Because it is the Lord who invites us. It is God's will that those who desire Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, would encounter him here. So come. Church, we have come as we are, but by His grace we are sent out not the same. For in this place the Spirit that anointed Christ 
has been poured out over us. He has exchanged a crown of beauties for our ashes, the oil of joy for our sorrow, the garment of praise for our spirit of despair. He has spoken over us a new name, Oaks of Integrity, and prophesied we will grow into a canopy of his beauty to bless and rebuild this city in his unfailing, non-violent love. So go, broadcast good news for the poor, bind up the brokenhearted, prophesy freedom for captives, let the blind see, set free the oppressed, live jubilee and forgive, blessing our enemies because Christ has shut the book on vengeance. Go now in his liberating grace that pardons and empowers sinners like us to participate in God's freedom of mercy. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Amen.